Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Courage Conversation Show. I'm your host, Ashley Easter. I'm the founder and executive director of Courage 365, and we have a great show planned for you tonight. We have Deborah Doak, who is going to be talking about high-conflict marriages and leaving high-conflict marriages. So if you are in a high-conflict marriage, if you have been in the past, or if you know somebody, this is gonna be super helpful for you. We're gonna be talking about how to de-escalate situations, those types of things, and it's really gonna be a powerful episode. And I would encourage you, if you are watching this right now on social media, to go ahead and give this a share because there are so many people in our lives that we may not know exactly what they're going through, but this might reach the person who needs it the most. So go ahead and hit share if you can. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just copy the link and put it on your social media. We would appreciate that so much. And if you want to uh, tag Courage365 in it, that would be great. Um, anyway, we're so glad to have you here. It's going to be a really, really important show. I'm going to go ahead and read Deborah's bio really quickly before we bring her onto the screen. So Deborah Doak is a certified divorce coach, certified divorce financial analyst, family court mediator, and author of High Conflict Divorce for Women. She is committed to helping clients speak up for what they deserve in their relationships or at the negotiation table. She believes that while all divorce involves some degree of conflict, most of us have more influence on the costs and outcomes than we realize. As an alternative dispute resolution specialist, she helps clients prepare for and effectively respond to conflict to create better divorce outcomes for families. All right, so we're gonna bring Deborah right onto the show in just a few minutes, but we're gonna pause for a quick break. Hey, this is Ashley Easter, and I wanted to interject into this conversation to tell you about a product on the market that I think is gonna be perfect for our survivor community. That product is called Call Me Go. Call Me Go is the world's first patented technological device that provides quick relief for anxiety, stress, and panic attacks. It combines three scientifically proven methods that activate the parasympathetic nervous system and calms the body. Call Me Go provides immediate relief and a sense of calm in just three minutes, provides confidence and allows you to stop fearing the next panic attack. It can be used anywhere due to its small size and discreet look, and it's completely drug-free and safe to use. And for our survivor community, CommyGo has kindly offered us a promotional code where you can get $30 off. Just go to CommyGo.com. That's C-A-L-M-I-G-O.com. When you reach the checkout, just put the word COURAGE30. That's C-O-U-R-A-G-E, the number three and the number zero, COURAGE30, in the coupon code section and you will be eligible to get $30 off your Comigo. And of course, you can check out the show notes below this episode to click on a direct link right to the website. Hey, Deborah, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Excited to have you. Oh my goodness. I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah. You know, uh, I believe it was Maureen Garcia. She found um, your work. She's one of our board members. And when she passed along your information, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we must have Deborah on the show. This is going to be so valuable. A lot of our community has experienced some sort of domestic violence. Um, and those are definitely high conflict uh, divorce situations. And so I think this is going to be really powerful and I'm excited to to hear your insight. And just reading your bio, you have so many different credentials on this. 
Um, how many years have you been doing this work? I would say unofficially for about 20. Wow. You know, I was on staff of a church as a divorced person. So you can imagine every single person who was going through this, yeah. thinking about this, um, came to me. Um, and so I didn't turn it into a career probably <laughs> until about five years ago. Wow. Wow. Um, so you I've been doing it really professionally. Yeah. Yeah. You've definitely been doing this for quite a while. And I'm just, I'm thankful for that work because it's much needed. And even knowing that you are in a church environment, I know that I grew up in church um, that didn't believe in divorce. And so I think it's really powerful that you um, are giving women this opportunity to know about healthy ways to go about that because it's often just not talked about. Now, I want to get into some questions um, with you. And the first one is, what are some of the biggest fears clients have about leaving high conflict divorce? I mean, I'm sure you've seen things across the board, but maybe you could just kind of talk mm -hmm. about some of those fears that often come up. I would say the top three are pretty consistent. It's money, kids, and conflict. Wow. So yeah. often, yeah. right, it's it's the money. They either have been in a financially controlling situation yes, where they don't have access to money. Um, they're kind of given an allowance or they're mm -hmm. a stay-at-home parent, a lower earner, or they don't even have insight into, they have no idea what's in the 401k. They mm -hmm. have no idea what the mortgage balance is. So they don't have any insight. They have no clue what's there. So the big question is, if I would leave, can I support myself? I don't even know. Right. right. And then they have concerns about their kids. What would a parenting plan look like? What would this custody agreement look like? Are my kids going to be safe with him hmm. if he gets, you know, really generous parenting time? Hmm. And then, of course, the conflict. Is he going to flip a switch if I make this choice? to walk away because we know that's when victims are at the most risk. Yes. When they choose to leave. Right. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that those, those really are the big three. When I have talked to yeah. victims and survivors, they're like, I can't leave yet because I don't have a financial plan. Or if I leave, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to take care of my kids. Um, right because I've been put in a situation where I'm not allowed to make money or have control over finances. I don't even know what's there. Um, and then even, you know, that last one is, is really important as well. I just, um, I think that you really hit the nail on the head and I'm sure that people listening are thinking through their mind if they've been through a situation or if they're considering a situation like this with divorce, I, I think that's top of mind. So kind of moving into mm -hmm. like, when thinking about leaving, what are some of the steps victims should take? Because as you said, the escalation often happens right when they're thinking about escaping, when they say, I'm done. Uh, that can be the most mm -hmm. dangerous time. That's when the highest amounts of deaths happen for women's yep. domestic violence. Um, so what, what do they need to know about leaving? So... The first thing I do with a client who comes to me who's in this situation is we inventory their fears. Mm. What, what are you afraid of? 
because fears are often questions waiting to be answered. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite quote is Ralph Waldo Emerson says, knowledge is the antidote to fear. Mm. And fear is what causes conflict to escalate. Fear is what causes impulsive bad decisions in divorce. Fear is what causes legal bills to get out of control. So when we start with an inventory of those fears, we can determine, are they rooted in truth or not? So can I afford to support myself? I don't know, but we can figure that out. You can get the information you need to answer that question, right? So what are those fears? And then can we do research on our own? Can we do a little legwork? Do we need to consult with a professional? Who do we need to talk to? What questions do we have for them? So really chipping away at those fears, Mm. right? So one of my favorite stories is I had a client in San Francisco where, of course, the cost of living is ridiculous. And she said to me, I, and it was a a fairly abusive marriage. He was a police officer, which comes with that Mm -hmm. toxic masculinity. She said, I'll never, ever be able to afford to leave. But what I would like is your help with boundaries and assertive communication Mm -hmm. so that I can just tolerate this until my kids are old enough. Mm -hmm. And I said, humor me, humor me. Let's go through your living expenses. What would it look like if you lived on your own? How much would it cost you? And she did the exercise and she said, see, I can never do that. And I said, let's take one more step, consult with an attorney and find out what spousal support, child support might be. You've got, get a copy of his paycheck, take your tax return in. And when she came back, she said, see, I told you. I said, you're right. You're a thousand dollars short a month. Doesn't work right now, does it? She said, nope, told you. I said, yeah, unless you can earn $250 a week, you can't leave. And she went, $250 a week? I can do that. Mm. So this process of going step by step through, right? What we identified was now she has a target. Now we can have an exit strategy, I call it. So we get all these questions answered. And then we can create plans to make it work. Mm. That's really powerful. I, I love how you're engaging with the fears that are there and the fears are real they're they're valid and they're real yeah absolutely and what we know about the brain is when we get fearful when we're in that fight or flight kind of mm-hmm. feeling a lot of the problem solving parts of our brain kind of close off and shut down and oh yeah you know it's all focused on you know safety in the moment and so having someone like you come in and talk about mm-hmm. like these are legitimate fears but let's actually look at them from a logical place. When you're not in your fight or flight, um, you're able to ask the probing questions that are helpful, drag them through mm-hmm. the process. That's, um, wow, that's that's a really valuable thing. And I, I love also how you break it down into small chunks, because I think mm-hmm. that can be so overwhelming for survivors in general when they're going to leave. Maybe it's not a domestic situation, domestic violence situation where they're divorcing. Maybe it's leaving a cult. Maybe it is leaving some other sort of abusive environment. When you do that, it seems so big. And if you do it all at once, it is big. 
but sometimes there's little steps you can take to make it more manageable mm-hmm. and that builds up over time. It does. And that's why I love creating this exit strategy. And I, you know, I say for people, yeah, maybe you can't leave today. Great. But can you leave in six months? Can you leave in two years? Mm-hmm. I've worked with clients on a two year exit strategy. We have to wait till the baby goes to school. We have to wait till she finishes her nursing degree. We have to wait until. Great. But the difference between that and being stuck, when you're stuck and you don't have a plan, you feel helpless. Right. You feel hopeless. Right. You continue to be ground down. Mm. Whereas if you have a plan and you're, I call it waiting with intention, Mm. you know your why. You know why you're still there. And what our brain also knows is if I have a reason I'm doing something hard, I can bear it a lot more easily. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, when you kind of have a you light know? at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. 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 So I, addressing, that's why I think it's really important to start with these fears. And as you mentioned, when we get that, when that fear gets activated, that primitive part of our brain, the amygdala, which my clients and I have nicknamed Amy. We call her Amy. And we say our goal is to keep Amy buckled in the car seat in the back seat. We do not want her unbuckling, climbing over and grabbing the steering wheel. Because once she's in charge and she's driving, all bets are off in terms of rational, logical thought. And if you're planning to leave an abuser, you have really important life altering decisions to make mm-hmm. and you don't want Amy making those decisions for you. That's that's a really good way to put that. Absolutely. You know. And yeah, kind of on on that note. So we've talked a little bit about um those baby steps, but what about the the safety pieces? Um do you recommend that they reach out to local domestic violence prevention centers, um, because there's the the plan of leaving practically, but what about the safety aspect of it? How, how do you address those things? Right. So when we're inventorying those fears, we have to assess the threat level, right, of right. physical violence, of yeah. um, cutting off financial support, of all those things. And so as we're assessing those, yes, if physical safety is going to become a concern, we definitely want them reaching out to the hotline.org, the local domestic violence resources, right? Which I recommend if you don't know where those are, uh, womenslaw.org has a great inventory down to the county level. Mm. Um, You probably have access to those too, but get with a counselor to create your own safety plan. And um, get a checking account, start stashing some cash, do, you know, all those normal safety things so that, again, at the end of your exit strategy, when you're ready to go, you know, I call it the night you take dinner out of the oven because that's what happened to me. It was just most of us think about it for a long time. And then we have a crystalline moment when you're like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm finished. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And I'd be interested in people who um, are listening and feel safe commenting about that, even if they're in like um, our private group, because we also stream this there. 
I would be interested in what your crystallizing moment was. If you feel comfortable to share, I'd be interested if it was taking food out of the oven, if it was something else. So yeah. anybody tuning in and you feel comfortable to share, I think you'd be really interested in like what that moment was. Um, yes. So we're going to come back after a short break and um, I want to talk about finances. So we'll be right back, everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's going to continue this really important discussion. Hey, this is Ashley Easter, and I wanted to interject into this conversation to tell you about a product on the market that I think is going to be perfect for our survivor community. That product is called CalmeGo. CalmeGo is the world's first patented technological device that provides quick relief for anxiety, stress, and panic attack. It combines three scientifically proven methods that activate the parasympathetic nervous system and calms the body. CalmeGo provides immediate relief and a sense of calm in just three minutes, provides confidence and allows you to stop fearing the next panic attack. It can be used anywhere due to its small size and discreet look, and it's completely drug-free and safe to use. And for our survivor community, CalmeGo has kindly offered us a promotional code where you can get $30 off. Just go to calmigo.com. That's C-A-L-M-I-G-O.com. When you reach the checkout, just put the word COURAGE30. That's C-O-U-R-A-G-E, the number three and the number zero, COURAGE30. And the coupon code section and you will be eligible to get $30 off your Comigo. And of course, you can check out the show notes below this episode to click on a direct link right to the website. Hey everyone, we are back with Deborah Doak and we are talking about leading high conflict relationships, high conflict marriages, um, and divorce. And so we've talked about a variety of subjects, but now I kind of want to move into the finance part of things because that is such a huge fear concern and it's it's so relevant to this conversation. What I have found in talking with a lot of victims and survivors is that money is something that's used as a tool of control over them. And so they may not have any idea what's going on with the finances. And so for somebody that maybe doesn't have access to finances maybe like you mentioned before, is only given a, an allowance. You know, What do you do in a situation mm-hmm. like that? Talk, talk to us about that. Right. So if they haven't been involved in finances, this is going to be a scary thing for them. So again, we start with this idea of a budget. Mm-hmm. What, what is it going to cost you to live on your own? And we can estimate some of those things. You know, they can talk with friends if they have a trusted friend. Yeah who lives in a home that's about their same size, what's your electric bill? How much does it cost you to get your grass cut? You know, starting to, we can estimate, we don't have to be exact at this point, but we're getting it, trying to get an idea. Does it cost you $3,000 a month to run your household or does it cost you nine? Mm. Right, we're just, we're trying to get a ballpark. One of the biggest things that's going to be an issue for most women is health insurance. Right. Because when you divorce, that's one of the things you're going to lose. So it's really important to start looking. That's going to be one of your biggest budget items, likely. So we want to start doing some research around that in terms of healthcare.gov and um, maybe um, MediShare, which is a Christian co-op where you can get insurance or talking to local independent insurance agencies. Mm. Right. right, And just starting to build that budget. And then, like I said, take those fears, consult with an attorney, find out what spousal support and child support might be, 
for you if that's going to be your income line item Mm. and start to build this picture of what what it might look like for you. And then we can see where the gaps are. We can see where the holes are. We can see if you might be in a situation where your husband could be hiding money. Because mm. that's a big one, too. When we have this kind of financial control and abuse, um, there might be some warning signs or some red flags that there are, I call them shenanigans going on. All right. Right. Um, now, if your husband is a W-2 employee, it's, it may be less likely. But if he runs a business that's more cash-based, you know, construction or something where he might be able to get some cash payments or that's typically something that your lifestyle runs on. He runs his own business mm-hmm. where there's the ability to kind of move money around. There might be some warning signs that it's not going to be a, quite that cut and dry. That's just a W-2 paycheck. That's his salary. That we're going to do calculations off of yeah right that makes sense yeah, so, um, yeah. I, I remember talking with someone who found out that their husband had a whole overseas account and it was quite large and they yeah. had no idea they thought that they were you know kind of destitute and they were not they just weren't getting access right. to those funds and so I guess, are those things found out later on in court or how do you find out those things if you suspect them? Mm -hmm. So the silver lining of the divorce process, once you start, is, and this is part of what uh, what I want you to assess once you get into it, is mediation is always going to be the lowest cost, lowest conflict option, right? So we want to assess if that's going to work for your family. It's going to be least damaging to your kids. It's going to cost your family a lot less. It's going to preserve any co-parenting relationship that you might be able to keep. But in a normal divorce process, you start kind of with filing. The next step is always a financial disclosure process. Every state has a form that's mandatory where you disclose your income, expenses, assets, and debts to each other. And then if you see anything that doesn't make sense to you, like he's been working at that job for 20 years and he only has $50,000 in his 401k, not quite buying it, right? Mm. Some of these, you know, warning signs that you might see. Then there's a second step called discovery. And discovery is where you can ask the other side for more information. I'd like to see copies of credit card statements, of bank statements, past 401k statements, right? You can dig a little deeper. You can ask what they call interrogatories, which are questions they answer under oath. Mm. Now, we also know the one thing we have to be really careful about is we also know abusers have no trouble lying, and that includes under oath and in a courtroom. Right, right. So we don't want to work under the false expectation that they're going to be honest and transparent. Mm. Um, And so that's, if we really have reason to believe there is a lot of money hidden, that's when we might engage the services of someone called a forensic accountant, if that's a term you're familiar with. And a forensic accountant is someone that specializes in finding hidden money. Mm. That's literally what their job is. Now, they're not cheap. They cost several thousand dollars. 
So it's not someone you'd want to hire if you think you're looking for $2,500. But if you think there are hundreds of thousands of dollars that are missing here, this is, there is an expert, there's a professional out there that is really good at finding that stuff. Wow. I, I think most people probably don't even know that that exists. And so it's, mm-hmm. unless you've gone through this process, a lot of times you don't know all the services that are available, but that's, that's really good to know. Um, kind of shifting focus a, a little bit. What are some of the mistakes that you often see people making, um, particularly maybe your clients that you've worked with when divorcing a high conflict person? Because, you know, it, it's, a situation that you don't want to be in in the first place. There's probably a lot of history mm-hmm. with that person or you wouldn't have been married to them. And so right. there may be patterns that people are engaging in, even if it's just for survival, that aren't serving them. And so maybe you could mm-hmm. talk about some of those things that you see and you know how to maybe engage in a, in a better way. Right. So, you know, we talked about, about Amy and if you've been with a someone who's manipulative, controlling, right? As soon as you say divorce, you might start hearing um, declarations of outcome. Well, you're not going to get the house. I'm going to get the kids. You're never gonna. You're never gonna. You're going to have to get a job. You're gonna whatever. You hear those kind of statements. Right. And the first piece of advice I give people is. Just because he says it doesn't mean it's true. Right. So I want you to let Amy stay in the back. Don't freak out yet, right, about those things. Because when fear comes up, then, right, and you're going to engage in that kind of jading behavior, justify, argue, defend, and explain. You're going to mm-hmm. get on the hamster wheel with him and start to explain, but I've lived in this house too, and it's partially mine, and, 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 and you're just going to take the bait and get into that. Right. So, so, right, so you just say, we'll see, or, you know, that's, that's what we have attorneys for, to help us figure all this stuff out. Yeah. Instead of taking any of those hooks, because they are usually better at that kind of circular conversation than we are. <laughs> That's true. Right. So we, we don't want to do that. Um, the other mistake I see people make is just kind of leaving and then limiting access to the children. And I, I want to caution your listeners about that, right? Because to the court, to the court, if, if both of you come into a, a trial or a motion or a hearing, the court assumes both of you are responsible for not being able to resolve your differences and being in conflict and being in the courtroom. So you want to be sure that you're showing up basically clean and white like a nut mm. and that you're doing everything you can to foster a good co-parenting relationship, to be transparent, to try to get this resolved. Mm. And so really important not to limit access to the kids because you don't want to be seen as that kind of parent unless you have physical safety concerns and you've got a restraining order and that kind of thing if you're if I want you to have some sort of parenting agreement in place got it got it and I like that caveat right? there if they're in physical danger then it's important to get that restraining order and and that's a completely right. different situation versus 
it's it's not a great environment to have kids in with <clears throat> manipulation and those types of things, but you sometimes mm-hmm. have to think about what's the long-term outcome going to be and talking strategy with your attorney and, and all of those things. So you could actually get what you want in the end um, versus mm-hmm. kind of messing that up um, in the short term and then having long-term consequences. Correct. You don't want to set him up and give him ammunition to come in with a, a claim that you're a gatekeeper or you're alienating or any of those things, right? You want to go into the court and say things like, the most important thing to me is that my kids have a great relationship with a healthy dad. And right. And then you can present your evidence if you've been keeping documentation about patterns of behavior right. and those kinds of things. But upfront, you don't want to be seen as the one creating the conflict. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Got it. Right. Yeah. So physical safety is it physical and sexual safety is a is a different issue. But if you're talking about our typical person who has a temper, um, is manipulative, those kinds of things, set yourself up for long term success. I love how you said mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, you know, other mistakes I see are just being reactive, posting things on social media telling people outside the circle of people who really need to know right, details right. that they don't need to know. So, you know, we're going to keep this tight. Um, and then high conflict communication, right? So anything you email or text or say, because he may be recording you and you may be in a state where he doesn't have to have your permission. Anything you say, text, right? I want you to pretend you're standing on the, on the, in the courtroom reading it to the judge if you wouldn't say it to your children or you wouldn't say it in a courtroom in front of the judge do not text it to your spouse Mm, yeah yeah i hear that you're i know you're angry i know you're scared i know he's doing all kinds of awful things tell your therapist your girlfriend your coach about that don't text it to him use the biff method if you're familiar with bill eddie Bill Eddy has a great book on the BIF method of communication, brief, informative, friendly, and firm. It's mm-hmm. the gold standard for co-parenting and wow. divorce communication. Wow. That's helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are probably the big ones I see is freaking out when he says something, makes a threat, makes a declaration without it. It's probably not grounded in truth, so don't accept it yet. That's true, right? Right. Don't vent your feelings to him because it might be read in court, right? And don't withhold the kids from him if you don't have the court's backing or advice from your attorney to do so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I, I think it's a natural thing to want to say what you're thinking and feeling to the person who's hurting you, but you have to remember that this is a legal system. And Mm -hmm. again, you have to keep the end goal in mind. And yeah, you know, I think also going into the trauma responses again. So one of the trauma responses is to fight. And a lot of that is to fight back. And Mm -hmm. you can fight for yourself and your children. But you need to do that in a way that's ultimately going to be effective, you know, is sending a text message that's going to be shown in court later, making you 
you know, making trouble for you in court? Is that really the way you want to fight this case? Or is it that you'd like to kind of, you know, think through your words um, and mm -hmm. go through the legal system and make sure you have the best chance of getting what you want and deserve um, out of the situation? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's protecting your kids too, because again, right. you don't want to be viewed as the high conflict person in this. Yeah. Because the one thing we know also about abusers is they could be really charming and charismatic. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're in your trauma response, what do you look like? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. imagine the contrast to a judge, to people in a court that don't know you and you are upset you are um, dysregulated emotionally, meaning you're not speaking as clearly, as succinctly, as concisely. Mm -hmm. And here he's over here, Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected going, look at her. You know, it's not me. Yep. Yep. Definitely. A hundred percent. I think that's really important to, yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you had to give our listeners like your number one tip, um, to take away from this conversation or even just your wisdom in general, what, what tip would you, would you give people who are thinking about leaving, um, mm -hmm. high stake divorce situations, or maybe are really in that process right now? The number one tip I would give them is I think remember the power of the pause. If I could say anything mm -hmm. else, it is pause. Pause before you speak, pause before you act, pause before you do anything. Because that's where we get in trouble is when we don't take that beat, that beat before we tell somebody, you know, talk to the mom at the soccer game and give her information she doesn't need to know right. before you send that text before you say something in front of your kids, right? Before you make a financial move, you shouldn't make. Just all the things, pause, pause. Okay, I'm freaking out. I'm feeling really scared. I'm feeling really angry. Who do I need to talk to mm -hmm. to get guidance about my next step? Because yeah. clearly it's not me right now. I'm too mad. Right, right. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really good. That's really good. And um, I guess we have kind of just two final questions for you. One is really along those lines, you know, I just asked about what's the piece of advice that our listeners should take away from this interview, but you have so much wisdom and experience. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? And um, how does that, how does that stick with you and, and maybe affect your, your life? So the best piece of advice I ever received, and I actually wrote a blog post on this, was stop being so nice. Mm. And that is the, the boundaries and the assertive communication and that just staying rooted in your own power. And this idea that, you know, one of the dynamics that we get stuck in, I think, in these kind of relationships is, is he wants to have power over. And so we get in the habit of allowing his wants to override our feelings. Yeah. And that's part of taking that back is like, well, it doesn't really matter what someone else wants. It doesn't yeah. 
feel good to me, right? And so I would say that's the number one piece of advice I got was stop being so nice. (laughs) That is so good. Yes. And I I think that just even in general in society, women are Mm -hmm. conditioned to be nice and to appease. And even that can be one of the signs of trauma. You know, you got fight, fight, freeze, and then fawn, which is just like trying to appease often for safety reasons, even if it's just emotional, relational um, Mm -hmm. safety, you know connection and and so that's that's really mm-hmm. powerful you don't have to be nasty to yeah. not be as nice <laughs> right that's say you don't have to attack but you don't have to retreat it's this idea of staying rooted in your power and you know that's why I say I it's, it's standing up for what you deserve and so once we get into the divorce process it's really working I work with women I love to do this is helping them advocate for themselves and that doesn't mean fight yeah you know that just means that just means advocate so that means you know he puts a proposal on the table and I don't care if he's yelling or screaming or threatening you can say yeah I'm just not comfortable agreeing to that yeah yeah and then you nod your head and you allow the silence to fill the room and he can be angry all he wants and I'm not responsible for those feelings Mm, yeah yeah absolutely no that's that's really important stuff and I know after this people are going to want to get in touch with you and your work so tell us how people can find you online I think you also have a a discount code that you wanted to offer which is really generous tell us about all of that absolutely so probably the best place to find me is my website which is super easy it's my name Deborah Doak d-e-b-r-a-d-o-a-k.com And on there, one of the things you'll find is something I call the Ditch Your Divorce Fears Financial Planner. And it's got all the worksheets and instructions and stuff to start through this process I'm talking about. Your budget, inventorying your assets and debts, even your household goods, getting ready for attorney consults and thinking about the getting ready for the finances of what it would look like if you left. So... If you use the coupon code COURAGE365, I will give you $10 off that. And it's really affordable. It's normally $29.95. So with this coupon code, it's going to be, or no, it's normally $19.95. And so with coupon code, it's going to be $9.95. You can download this packet of all the spreadsheets to help you conquer your financial fears. Oh. So that'll be really helpful. Generous. And then if you want to follow me on social, it can on Instagram and Facebook, it's the Separate Coach. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. I know everybody's going to want to follow you. And hey, thank you so much for your time today. This has been uh, very exciting. And I I just thank you so, so much. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, any of your listeners, reach out if I can help. Download the financial worksheets. If that's a fear of yours, it'll take you step by step and get you started on, again, what is that target that you need to reach? We can make a plan to hit a target. So don't be afraid to get started on that, even if you think it's going to be a couple of years before you're ready to leave. Just start now. Take steps. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I know that's going to be helpful. Everybody, definitely go check out Deborah's website, social media, and um, this gift. It's, it's a really generous offer. We'll make sure to put the coupon code in the show notes below or in the comments below awesome. where you are. 
seeing that. And um, everyone also feel free to come on over and follow Courage365 on all of our social media accounts. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and uh, would love to have you follow us over there. Uh, again, please hit share on this video. Um, even if you're not in a situation right now um, where high conflict divorce is in the cards, still share this because the chances are some of your friends on your friends list are or are considering it even if they haven't said anything. So this could be really useful information to share. I also want to let you know about some of our free resources that we're offering. So when you go to our website, courage365.org, of course, you can get our free ebook, Five Keys to Living a Life of Courage. This is a free ebook. Um, you just go to our homepage, scroll down a bit, and you can get the uh, next most courageous steps that you can take as a survivor to step into your healing journey. We also have a variety of other resources for you. And one that I want to highlight actually right now is we have a text messaging service. So this is something where survivors have created text messages. They're empowering text messages that we send out every morning, Monday through Friday. This is free to sign up for the list. And when you do that, you're, you're going to receive these messages. We've had so much positive feedback from people. And I just want to show you how to do it. So just pull up your phone here. Just pull it up now and open it to a clean text message. And in the top part where it says two, you're going to type 917-809-7311. Okay, so get your phone out, flip open to a new um, text message place and type in 917-809-7311. And then in the message part, you're just going to type the word courage, just courage right there. You hit send, you'll automatically be added to our text message list and start receiving those messages. We don't spam you. You're not getting message from other survivors. You're simply getting messages from us. And we found that super helpful for people and uh, live with courage.